With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The players always know best. You know what else the players always know? Who's best? Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates right where you found this. The National Hockey League Players Association surveys its own membership every year. In addition to the Lester B. Pearson Award, which goes to the player's player, meaning the National Hockey League's MVP, according to the players themselves, they ask a lot of other questions, some of them just for fun, like who's the most fashionable? And yes, by the way, Chris Letang finished number six in that category. They ask stuff like, you know, who's the best at this? Who's the best at that? And yesterday when the results came out, the headliner result of this poll was that Sidney Crosby and Boston's Patrice Bergeron finished in a dead heat as most complete player in the National Hockey League. Seriously, 471 votes were cast. 112 each went to Crosby and Bergeron. That's fun. That That's actually really, really cool. Most complete player is a thing that does not exist in a league award. Let's start there. The league has the Hart Trophy, which is a, a nebulous type of MVP that goes to, and I quote directly, the player adjudged to be most valuable to his team, which writers such as myself who vote on it have always taken to mean if your team didn't get in the playoffs, then you weren't all that valuable. So no one whose team didn't make the playoffs ever gets it. That's why Connor McDavid has been bypassed in years where he was clearly the league's most productive player. And that's also why Taylor Hall got it the one year with the Devils because he almost single-handedly carried New Jersey into the playoffs. And then you have the Selkie Trophy, which goes to the best defensive forward. But as I was discussing in a podcast last week, this, this is so bad, the voting for this trophy, because everyone just looks up plus-minus and thinks of the names that are usually there in the running for the finalists. And that's the end of the process. And when I have a vote for Selkie, I mean, I put work into it. I, I get advanced analytics, and I 
try to think beyond the usual Bergerons and Kopitars and so forth who are in the running year after year. Uh, but it's just a bad, bad trophy, you know, with a bad, bad result year after year after year. This, though, this is really cool. Most complete player. That's a heck of a thing. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is just 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels. Try it right now. Seven days for free and 15% off your first month just for listening to this show. Go to FuboTV.com DK. One more time, it's FuboTV.com slash DK. Most complete player. Best 200-foot player in the game, as Mike Sullivan would say. Who is that? Well, I like the dead heat. I'll tell you that between, between Sid and Bergeron. Now, it's not a dead heat when they go head-to-head. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's not kid anyone on that front. As we saw this past season in the eight meetings between the Penguins and the Bruins, Sid versus Bergeron is not a good matchup for Pittsburgh. But 200-foot player? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a worthy topic of conversation throughout hockey, and I mean on a consistent basis. If you think about the way the game is played today, we're way past the era of it being okay for the superstars to hang out by center red and cherry pick. That is long, long since in the past. And believe me, I'm including a couple of very notable Pittsburgh greats in that category who would only back check if it was absolutely mandatory per the scoreboard. Otherwise, they let other people do that. Meaning, of course, Mario and Yager. I mean, again, this isn't a criticism. This is the way the game was played then. It's not anymore. There's no such thing as any star on any team being off the hook when it comes to back-checking. So why not honor that? Why not recognize that? Meaning with a real trophy, not just this thing, you know, this, this pole thing. Do you like it? Do you agree with it? Do you think that Sid is still one of the best 200-foot players in the league? Maybe even the best? You know, I wonder sometimes. I wonder. Because when I see the playoff output that he had just now against the Islanders, Six games, one goal, one assist. And I see that the Penguins had a couple of situations late in games, overtimes, where you want your superstar to come through. And I see that there's disappointment, disenchantment even, among some fans about Sid's performance in the playoffs. Never mind that you could tell even... No, he denied it after the series that he had something really wrong with his wrist. 
he kept taking the glove off and flexing the hand again and again and again. I don't get the sense, and I haven't for quite a while, that in Pittsburgh, that there's as much appreciation for everything that Crosby does all over the rink the way the sentiment seems to be accumulating across the hockey world, most notably through a poll like this. How is it that players can see it and maybe we can't? Well, players see a lot of things. Players know a lot of things. Best example of that for me has to do with Carey Price. The players as recently as last year and the year before, when they were surveyed and asked who is the best goaltender in the NHL, they took Price. This year they didn't. It's the first time in a long time he's been out of their top three. And, of course, you know, he ends up playing great in the playoffs. But that's another story. Why? Because the players are the ones who have to shoot on him. The players are the ones who see and recognize the detail to his game, to his technique, the way he'll handle a wraparound, the way he'll move the puck behind the net. They're the ones who get frustrated by him. They're the ones who allow him to get in their heads. So it becomes a real-life thing. Similarly, they're out there and see this generation of hockey's premier talent back-checking them. Like, you're some fourth-line slug from whoever, from the Senators or whatever, and you're out there and you're trying to get something done in the Pittsburgh zone, and here comes 87, the living legend, strips the puck away from you and turns the attack the other way and Jake and Rust get some kind of two-on-one goal, you're scarred, man. I mean, you've, you've, you're not going to forget that. You're all in on the concept of Sid being the 200-foot player because it really, really makes a difference. It makes an impression, whether it's Sid, whether it's Bergeron, Whenever a truly great player comes back and plays that way, I love this. We're going to, I'm telling you, I'm going to find some kind of way to keep this in the conversation. I love this 200-foot complete player thing. When we come back, just one question. for just one question that's brought to you on this program always by the greater pittsburgh community food bank where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western pennsylvania go to pittsburghfoodbank.org spell all three of those words out pittsburghfoodbank.org to find out how one dollar from you can be turned into five full meals for those in need our question today comes from Michael Catlin, who asks, Samuel Poulin and Nathan Legere will turn pro next year. It feels like Poulin could mesh well with Crosby on that top line. Maybe not out of camp or this year, but he's got high-end talent, speed, and seems like he can finish. 
perhaps a more affordable Brian Rust if they can't extend him. Is Ron Hextall a fan of Poulin's work? Well, whether or not Hextall's a fan, and, and you're always going to speak highly of your own prospects, uh, regardless of how you actually might feel about them. So I'm not sure we'd call a lot of information from that. But my expectation for Poulin and Legere is that they'll start out at Wilkes-Barre and they'll probably stay there. Uh, it would take a camp performance for the ages, I think, to crack this roster. And not that this roster is, you know, almighty or invincible or, or whatever or isn't going to lose players uh, this summer, including one to Seattle. I'm pretty sure that's going to end up being a forward. But I'm still looking at Radim Zahorna uh, as having a chance to get in. I believe that Anthony Angelo would have a beat over any other winger in terms of getting in. I don't I don't see how they could just show up and make it onto the Pittsburgh roster. Um, both players, but particularly Poulin, really, really need to learn, and here's that term again, the 200-foot game. Poulin, for me, at the last training camp was a disappointment. Uh, I thought he was given uh, a chance to show a lot of what he can do. And yes, yeah, some of it was alongside Sid. And maybe that's why you bring it up, Michael. And, and didn't do anything of the kind. Um, he really lacked a compass on the ice. Um, he lacked an awareness of where he needed to be and when and that's not a criticism, and it's not suggesting something you know absurd or offensive, like he's dumb or whatever. That, that's 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 not the case. Uh, a lot of the same things were said about Daniel Sprong when he was here, and Sprong, anything but a dummy, he's a really really bright kid, just didn't have that instinct for this particular style or system or whatever it is. So I'd, I'd be very, very, very patient on both of these prospects. Uh, it'll benefit the Penguins to have players, prospects, doing well in Wilkes-Barre. Don't underestimate the value of that, of picking that team back up again and having them get competitive. And then you create an environment in which the prospects down there are battling each other to see who's going to get called up next to Pittsburgh or who's going to be the one who comes up and replaces so-and-so when they get hurt. And remember, the Penguins had a big rash, a wave of injuries up front at one point this past season. Uh, you want that atmosphere with your AHL affiliate, and it's been lacking for a really long time. So... I, I, that's what I anticipate will happen with both of these guys. But, again, you can never rule anything out. We've seen players come to camp and just completely light it up and, and, and force management's hands. I appreciate the question, Michael. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll be back with another one on Monday.